Hello listeners, welcome to Scripture, Let's Talk About It. I'm your host Jay, and on this podcast, I invite you, the listener, to join me in reading the Word of God. On each episode, I will be breaking down Scripture, having a conversation with you, and answering questions that you send in. If you want to send in your own questions for me to answer during the next episode, follow me on Instagram at Scripture, Let's Talk About It. Please sit back, listen, and enjoy this week's episode. You are now tuning in to episode one, Esther. God is always present. Hello, everybody. I pray that you're all having a wonderful day. This week, we will be talking about the book of Esther. And this book pretty much forces us to think of God's presence. So this is one of the only books in the Bible that does not mention God. And it's so strange because we're so used to opening the Bible and we see God everywhere. But here you have to intentionally seek God between the lines of scripture. And so it begs the question, does the absence or the lack of God's mention imply an absence of his presence this week we will be talking about this question the most interesting thing about this book is that there doesn't need to be a mention of the name of god to know that god is present throughout the entire story of esther we see this today sometimes you can see the move of God in very unthinkable or unimaginable situations where you're like, how is it that God can use this moment, this dark moment, this painful moment, this traumatic moment and still be present and still be moving? And maybe you don't feel God in that moment. Maybe at the moment when you're struggling, you're like, God, where are you? God, why can't I hear your voice? Why can't I see you? Where where are you? Have you left me? Have you abandoned me? But the truth is, it's in these moments that we look back on and we see God's glory so much more. A story that this reminds me of is the story of the Israelites when they were led to the Red Sea. God is leading them. God is leading Moses. Uh, to lead the Israelites and so they're all following God but yet God leads them directly to a wall of water where their backs are up against the wall they they are wondering why you know I would imagine like if I'm following the voice of God and now I'm up to this place where God takes me and this place where God takes me is a dead end I would be like was this really the voice of God Was God really leading me? But we see that God never abandoned the Israelites because it was in that impossible situation that we get to see how God split the sea in half and allowed them to walk through the waters. And so the book of Esther, it provokes this same question. When we don't see the mention of God, Can God still be there? Why is God not mentioned? So we see in the book of Esther that there is a king 
and this king is having a he's having a party and in this party he wants this he wants his queen to come and display her beauty for everybody to see but she says no so at that point after she rejects him he pretty much just makes a law he makes a decree that she is no longer to enter into his presence and there's more to this decree but i thought this part was interesting because when we feel god or we reject his calling he still shows us mercy he still shows us grace he doesn't tell us to depart from him here it, eventually if we reject god altogether yes but this shows how different we are from god sometimes when people fail us we just want to respond to that rejection and just cut them off completely so much so that this king he created a decree to keep this queen away but god invites you into his presence regardless of your sin and he promises to wash away that sin we see in the story that because the queen didn't show up the king is forced to choose another queen so he has a beauty pageant for all the women and there's a lot of women here but out of all these women the king ends up choosing esther what are the odds of that what are the odds of being chosen in the midst of a crowd full of people we can already see the presence of god and how the impossible can happen when god is present Esther is accompanied by her cousin Mordecai and if you don't know Esther's background Esther is a Jewish exile and Mordecai is her cousin and guardian. In this story Mordecai happens to hear this plot against the king. They were trying to kill him. And so Mordecai ends up saving the king's life because he tells Esther and Esther tells the king and they recognize Mordecai as the one who saved the king. But he doesn't really get, while he does get credit for it, he doesn't get this full acknowledgement of it. There's no celebration, there's nothing that happens. And eventually, there's a guy named Haman that is a Persian official and he is next in line in the chain of command and the villain of the story. He is pretty much elevated by the king to the highest position and it is required for every single person to bow down to him but Mordecai refuses and Haman he's offended by this Haman is filled with this pride and this vanity so when Mordecai refuses to bow to him Haman thinks of a way to convince the king to sign off on a decree that ultimately gives him the authority to destroy the Jews but then Esther and Mordecai they plan this way to reverse the decree and Esther just breaks the law to meet with the king and convinces him to make new laws protecting the Jews and they ultimately prevail while their enemies are defeated and that's another thing that with God the enemy will never defeat you there may be battles that you feel like you've lost and I'm sure that Mordecai at that moment 
where there's a decree for his for for his death pretty much i'm sure that he felt defeated but there's this conversation that he has with esther and i just want to share this part of the scripture with you to show you how god moves and how god speaks in chapter 4 of esther we see god's presence so clearly first in verses 1 through 5 we see that Mordecai and the Jews put on sackcloth and ashes, and they were wailing loudly and bitterly, and they mourned in response to the wicked decree that Haman convinced the king to sign off on. Then we see in verses 12 through 14 that Mordecai tells Esther that she is chosen for such a time. And it's crazy because originally, Queen Vashti, which was the original queen, she was chosen for to be with the king but now it's esther who's the queen and so now she has this platform to make change happen and mordecai pretty much reveals that the jews will be freed the jews will, will receive their deliverance whether it's with her or without her so here we see that god's plans aren't impeded by our willingness or rejection god still moves god still speaks he still works regardless if we want to work with him or not if he's calling you and you reject the call he will find someone else the difference is that he wants to use you esther was chosen for such a time to help her people and her response to this was faithful, selfless, and sacrificial. Esther asks Mordecai to ask everyone to fast. And she was going to do the same thing. And she acknowledges that her going into the presence of the king without him calling for her, that that would be breaking the law. But she says, if I perish, I perish, which would mean that she wasn't scared of death or any consequence that came from this. She just knew that she was going to walk in faithfulness and whatever came from that faithfulness, she would deal with that later. Then at the end, we see this pretty much ironic moment where the king is headed to bed and he asks for a story to be read to him and the story that was chosen was the story of Mordecai that saved him so he questions what have we done for him what have we done to honor him and the response was nothing what we see is that the king asked Haman what should be done for the man the king delights to honor and Haman he was so filled with pride that he says who is there that the king would rather honor than me. So the way he responded was, for the man the king delights to honor, have them bring a royal robe the king has worn and a horse the king has ridden, one with a royal crest placed on its head. Then let the robe and horse be entrusted to one of the king's most noble princes. Let them robe the man the king delights to honor 
and lead him on the horse through the city streets, proclaiming before him, This is what is done for the man the king delights to honor. This is so crazy because Haman thinks that this whole thing that he just spoke would be coming to him. But God doesn't like pride. And so we see right away that the king is like, okay, so this is what we're going to do for Mordecai. And he says, do not neglect anything you have recommended. Wow. Wow. We just see the move of God. We see the move of God because the way God can turn this awful situation where Mordecai was once to be killed and now he is the one being honored by the king. That is incredibly beautiful because we know God's hands are behind it. So thank you all for joining me this week on episode one. I pray that you all join me next week because it's going to be a great episode. So God bless you all. If you want to send in your own questions, again, follow me on Instagram at scripture. Let's talk about it. And I'll see you all next week. God bless. Bye.